Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue our series we kicked off last week, God and Money. And we talk about God and money. I know the first thing some folks want to do when they hear that from the pastor and the church is to shut off their ears because the assumption is God and money means we're going to say, give, 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 give. And while that is a part of our relationship with God and money, we talk about God and money in this series right now. Today, this is not what we're going to focus in on. But we talk about God and money and our relationship with God and money because it can provide an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share his love. Now, as we continue on this morning in this series, you know, we're going to um, build upon what we covered last week. So if you missed last week or you need to ever review, you know, our previous sermon, you can go to holycv.org. You can find the link to our YouTube page as well as to the sermon podcast and kind of dig in from there. But two of the key things that we talked about last week that are going to be threaded throughout this entire series are these key words, willingness and ability. If you remember that from last week, some of you are shaking your heads. Yes, all oh, you listened and you paid attention and it sunk in. That's great. So willingness, we talk about willingness means that we want to do something or we are ready to do something. We want to do something or we're ready to do something. Ability means that we have the power, the skills, and the resources to do something. And as we did last week, we looked at Peter, the fisherman, and the boat, and Jesus, and going out and getting a big catch of fish, and Jesus calling Peter to follow him. And we talked about, you know, his willingness and his ability. And that sometimes, you know, we are willing, but we don't have the ability. Sometimes we have the ability, but we're not willing. But what God is always working in us is that we have this willingness and ability to, to serve, to, to use the resources God has given us you know, in a way that helps us to grow in Jesus and share his love. Well, as we talk about money this morning, I want to tell you, and maybe this will seem weird to hear this coming from the pastor, money can be a good thing. I think, again, sometimes in the church we get this idea that money is bad. But money gives us an opportunity for a number of things that are of value to our lives. We're going to talk about three of those things that are of value to our lives. But we're also going to talk about two money flaws. So as we talk about what opportunities money provides for us, the first opportunity that money provides for us is security. When we talk about money, we define security this way. I'm not going to not have enough. Now, I know if you're an English major, that bothers you because it's a double negative. But it makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not going to not have enough. I mean, there's a sense of security when we have enough. Now, what enough is for you might be different than the enough for you over here. But we have a sense that I have enough. I have enough that I can provide for myself and my family. You know, I have enough. You know, my brothers and I have had conversations the last, especially this last year, because we're at that point, I realize this is a point in life, when you start looking and saying, you know, retirement is a lot closer than it used to be, even though it's a long ways off. And will we have enough? There's a sense of security. Of course, when the market's going kind of crazy, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but will we have enough? to retire, to retire well. Again, whatever that means, but have a sense of security that we can provide a roof over our head, food for the table, and some basic needs, and maybe a little bit more. Security is one of those things that money gives us the opportunity to make a part of our lives. Another thing that we can have through money is happiness. 
Let me define happiness this way. Happiness is I have the ability to string together pleasurable experiences and stuff. I'll give you an example. You know, this past week, my wife and I went on a date. And we had a great time. We had some good food. You know, it was messy because it was like a, you know, crab bake. or um, It was messy. <laughs> You're sitting there with bibs on, talking, and having a good time together. And, and money provided this opportunity to go out and, and on a date and have some time together to build our relationship. You know, it, it was a happy moment. And you string those together over the course of a year. It provides those opportunities. It doesn't always have to be an expensive date. When as a young couple, many of you know this as couples, that sometimes, you know, that was going out for ice cream at McDonald's or something like that. But also, too, you know, that happiness is providing things that make us happy. Like maybe it is a speedboat, you know, or it's that car where you can put the convertible down, you know, and you're driving on a nice day, you know, enjoying the air flowing through your hair, if you have hair for it to flow through. You know, it brings happiness. Or a new pair of shoes, new outfit, maybe a new home. Those things that, you know, we kind of string together over the course of time, and they bring a sense of happiness to us. So we have security, we have happiness, and the other opportunity that money can provide for us is fulfillment. Now, fulfillment, you can look at it this way. I have proven, demonstrated, achieved success. Now, again, what you define as fulfillment and achieving that success may be different than it is for somebody else. You know, if you're just starting your career, you're just thinking, look, I graduated, you know, I've got a good job, things are going well. I've got a promotion. You know, or um, if you're in the middle of life somewhere, you know what, things are going well. I, I see my career continuing to build. Or if you're at a point where you're saying, look, I am retiring or retired, and fulfillment is that I'm enjoying my life in retirement, and I have the resources to have some fun. Three opportunities that money provides for us. The problem is that, that these three opportunities, there's what's called the law of diminishing return. Because this is the first money flaw that we get to. The first money flaw is this. All these things are really good, but they are not what? They are not lasting. They don't last. Think about that security that you might have. Hey, I've got money in the bank, and I cannot not have enough. This is just a fun tongue twister. I cannot not have enough, and yet when inflation prices go up, and you were okay, and you had a little bit extra maybe, and then suddenly you don't have enough because you can't afford it. Or a number of years ago, you remember, it's been at least 12, 14 years, because we were in Omaha, and gas prices were really high again. I remember gassing up the car, putting as much as I thought that I could put in there, and hope that I would have enough fumes left to get me to the next paycheck. Suddenly, you know, that sense of security can disappear. Or, you know, in retirement, like we said, you know, you might have things put away for retirement. Maybe you're nearing retirement or you're at retirement and you thought things were growing. And suddenly, with the way the stock market is nowadays, 401ks are like, this is just kind of crazy. And you're like, oh, it's just kind of nerve-wracking. And you lose that sense of security. Or happiness. I mean, you go on a date and that's great. And you go on another date, but you go on one and sometimes that just becomes a thing of the past. Or shoes and clothes wear out or technology becomes old you know, or the toys that we used to have just aren't any fun anymore. And those things that we string together for happiness, they just don't last. We're often looking for the next thing that will make us happy. And fulfillment? Well, fulfillment, we often, you know, find that ultimately these things we thought would be fulfilling, just they're not honestly fulfilling in the end. In fact, if you listen to folks who are chronologically gifted, that's the word I like to say, chronologically gifted, 
or those who are wiser in years, or you listen to a number of studies that say, usually we get to a point in life and we realize all those things that I thought would bring me fulfillment have left me empty. They really haven't bring me the fulfillment that I want by the time I, you know, life is drawing to the end of my life. Money doesn't provide us everything that we think it will provide us. Well, let's jump into our, our parable this morning, this teaching from Jesus. So there's this guy. First of all, there's this crowd of people all gathered around Jesus. This crowd of people gathered around Jesus, just like there was last week, like there often is. People gather around Jesus because, well, I mean, he did amazing things. He made the blind see. He made the deaf hear. He made the mute talk. You know, he took those who were lame and enabled them to walk. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. And he taught people in a way that they could understand. And not only could they understand, he taught them how much God truly loved them and cared for them. He taught them and showed them that love. And so all these crowds of people gathered around, and there's this guy in the crowd. He's like, teacher, teacher, teacher. How many of you teachers ever had, you know, like students do that? Or if you're a mom or dad, mom, 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 dad, 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 dad. And here's a guy like, teacher, teacher, over here, I need your attention. And then he's got Jesus' attention. He's like, well, you know, my brother, that sounds like actually going to a parent, doesn't it? My brother, you know, he's not being fair with the inheritance. Now, there are rules, protocols that God had established that you can find in Deuteronomy Numbers, if you want to read about those, about how inheritance was to be divvied out. And this guy, you know, doesn't like the way things are going, so he comes to Jesus. It's not unusual to go to a rabbi, a teacher, and ask, you know, a rabbi to help work things out. One, because they were considered wise. They were teachers. And probably because they were considered impartial. Well, now, we don't know whether this guy was the firstborn and was going to receive a larger portion and his brothers were trying to do something different or whether he was the second, third, or fourth, or fifthborn and he thought he should get more than, you know, what was the protocols. We just know that whatever the situation is, he wants what's best for who? For himself. And he wants Jesus to be on his side. And Jesus says, that's not my point. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here to be the arbitrator and judge between these squabbles. Because Jesus knew that he came for something greater. Ultimately, he came to be judged for us at the cross. And Jesus, you know, uses this as an opportunity to teach them. He says, you know, greed. Notice that he doesn't say wealth. Sometimes when we read this parable, we think this is just Jesus saying being wealthy is bad and evil and therefore Christians should be poor. He doesn't say that. It's not wealth. And, and wealth is a kind of wobbly kind of idea because you may not consider yourself wealthy, but compared to other people in the world, you might be very wealthy. And maybe you are wealthy. But the point just Jesus isn't talking about wealth. He's talking about greed. Whether we have a little or a lot, we can be greedy. And Jesus, let me tell you a story. Jesus loved to tell stories. He called those parables. He says there's a wealthy man who did really well for himself. He had a bumper crop this year, and he begins thinking about what he should do. So he begins having a conversation with himself. Have you ever had a conversation with yourself? Yeah, some of you are laughing. Some of you are like, yeah. I mean, on Thursday, there was no one else here in the office. It was just me. And so guess who had a conversation with me? Me, walking down the hallways, talking to myself. This guy's having a conversation with himself. He's like, man, I have done so well. Crops are 
bursting. You know, I've got so much stuff that I don't have enough room in these tiny little barns that, you know, I have. I wonder what I should do. You know, I know what I should do. I'm going to tear these down and build some bigger ones. We do that, don't we? Sometimes, you know, we, we want, you know, smaller house, bigger house, smaller car, new, bigger car, and maybe newer car. And so he tears down the old barns, builds bigger barns, and now he's got enough room for all of his harvest, all of his grain, and his boat, and his car with a convertible top. I mean, there was no cars and boats at that time. Well, there were boats, but not speedboats. You know, but he's got enough for all his stuff. And he's you know, talking to himself, this is great. I've done so well. I, I can just sit back. I can take it easy. I can just enjoy life for a while. I don't know about you. That sounds pretty good to me, too. And he's like, this is great. And he's having this great conversation with himself. And then uninvited, uninvited, God interrupts this conversation. I don't know about you, but if you ever have a conversation with yourself and God interrupts your conversation, you should listen. And God is like, all right, Mr. Smarty Pants, you think you've done so well for yourself. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but guess what? Tonight, you're going to die. And then who will get all the stuff that you've accumulated? Now, Jesus was not teaching about having a will or about building some kind of trust fund. What he was teaching them was about God and money, about our relationship with God and money. Because this man in his wealth had become greedy and believing, one, that he had control of all of this stuff. And it was all about him, and it wasn't about his relationship with God and his relationship with his neighbor. And this leads us to the second flaw. The second flaw is that all these things are really good, but we do not have what? We don't have control. Because when things are going really well, you probably said, this is great. I'm going to live like this for a long time. But that was the day he was going to die. I'm going to give you another story. Uh, just a recent story. This is one that Chelsea shared with me. She was on a train ride this past week back from Budapest and Hungary to her home in the Czech Republic. And on the train ride there, uh, this lady popped in and one of the stops they made, and there were seats by Chelsea. She was like, can I sit with you? She sat down and had a seat, and they started a conversation. This lady was sharing about her life. She was an attorney. So you talk about an attorney is a great profession, you know? And, and how, you know, she was on her way to go see her sons in Lithuania. But you talk about law of diminishing returns and, uh, and, and the flaw of thinking that these things will somehow last forever and that we can be controlled by all these things. Well, she was on her way to see her sons in Lithuania, but she was leaving her husband behind in Ukraine. And suddenly, life no longer had, she no longer had control of her life and her resources and everything was just in upheaval. And it doesn't have to be something as drastic as what's going on in Ukraine. But life sometimes throws us for a loop. And just when we think we have it all under control, suddenly it all falls through our fingers. Well, she said, you know, our relationship with God and money is an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share his love. And see, while money gives us opportunities for security, happiness, and fulfillment, God what God offers is so much more. See, what, this is what God offers. God's peace. God's peace is greater than any security that money can buy. Because again, think about security. 
You know, the security of having something in the bank, in the, in the retirement fund, you know, the security of having enough money isn't always there. And that security does not last forever. And we have ultimately no control over it. We might think we do. Maybe we've made some great investments and suddenly, you know, things tank. But peace, peace is better than security because peace is not dependent on us, the peace that God offers. The peace that God gives to us is a peace not found in our stuff, in ourselves, but it's a peace that's found in Jesus. Paul writes about this in Philippians 4. Let's read this together. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. So God's peace, which is beyond any earthly understanding, anything we could ever imagine, will guard our thoughts and emotions. In other words, our thoughts and emotions. Because you think about security is a thoughts and emotions kind of thing that we are protected because we know our peace comes from knowing that we have a God who is always with us and a God who always loves us. That's a peace that's beyond any earthly understanding because it's a peace that does not rest on us and our situation. It rests on the God of the universe who gives us peace in his son Jesus Christ. So God's peace is better than anything that security could offer us through money. God's joy, God's joy is greater than any happiness money can buy. Because again, happiness, you know, we tend to string things together over the course of our lives, you know, for little happy moments, but they don't last forever. They wear out, they disappear, they fade away. But God gives, gives us a joy, Again, that is not in the things we have. It's not in the situation we find ourselves in. It's a joy that is found in our God, in our relationship with him, and the love that he has for us. We have this in the words of Nehemiah, which, by the way, when I was trying to remember who and where this was at, I was looking in the Psalms and Isaiah. I finally had to Google part of the phrase um, because I'm like, I should know this. I'm a pastor. Right? I should know this, but I, I couldn't remember. It's in Nehemiah. So let's read this together. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Don't be dejected and sad because the joy you have in the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your strength. The joy in the Lord is our strength. I mean, there's strength of finding our joy in the Lord. There's strength not finding our joy in the happy things of this world, though they can be great. Our joy is in the Lord. It gives us strength. It gives us the assurance of God being with us and not against us. The joy, that's the same joy that, that Jesus had when he went to the cross on our behalf to give his life for us. So that our joy is not in a temporal world, but is eternal, as our God is eternal. Peace, joy, love. God's love. God's love is greater than any fulfillment money can buy. Because when we try to fulfill ourselves in this life, I considered earlier what often happens is we move on and studies show that people get to the end and they often look back and say, I wish I would have spent more time with, what, my job? Making money? Most often people say, I wish I would have spent more time with the ones that I love, with my friends, with my family. So the love that God has for us is a powerful love. It's a love that moved his son to step out of his heavenly home into our world to give us life for us. It's a love that means we have a unique relationship with our God. And the apostle John, the same guy who wrote the gospel of John, wrote three letters to the church. He writes these words here in 1 John. Let's read this together. 
Consider this. The Father has given us His love. He loves us so much that we are actually called God's dear children. God is lavished. He has poured out His love on you. And that's something money can't buy. That is something that is not purchased with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of our Savior Jesus. God's love is not dependent on how well we do. Because ultimately, ultimately, what we're looking for in fulfillment is to be valued. And we are valued by God. You are valued by God so much that he gave his son Jesus for you. Peace, joy, love. Money can't provide those. But God does. As you talk about God and money, it is an opportunity for us to consider our relationship with both of these so that we can grow in Jesus and share his love. So we're going to grow in Jesus and share his love. I'm going to give you a challenge just to kind of ponder this week. And the challenge isn't a question here. So here's your question. What step can you take this week to remind yourself of God's peace, joy, or love? What step can you take this week? Now, give you some ideas, because maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Pastor. Or maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to listen to or read one of those scripture verses that on peace or joy or love, or all three of them. I'm going to focus in on that. Maybe right now, you, the security for you is just kind of wobbly. I mean, the inflation and uncertainty in the world, and you're just like, you know, I'm going to read about the peace that passes all understanding. I'm just going to keep reading those words and focusing on those words so that they become part of my life this week, that even though things may be insecure, I have peace. Because I have peace with Jesus. Or maybe you're going to focus on those words of joy, those words of love. And that we find ultimately in God, it is in Him that we have all of it. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you and praise you for the gift of peace, the gift of joy, and the gift of love that we have in you. We thank you. We pray that, Lord, you'd help us reflect this week and to grow more deeply in our relationship with you and money and that relationship together. And we find how money can grant opportunities, but Lord, how you grant blessings to us. This we pray, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.